Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK live telephone talk show on the mark. We're all very excited to do a subpar job again today. We thank everybody for listening. Yesterday we had an expert on the line from the Department of State talking about the mail-in election ballots that are going to be permitted this year and, uh, of course, absentee ballots. And he talked about the uh, methods through which they are taking great pains to make sure that it is uh, Secure, including signature matchup. When you do the mail-in, you're going to have to include a signature, and they'll match that up with your signature on record. Of course, these signatures uh, cannot be reproduced or forged, so that uh, helps the state make sure that there's uh, no fraud involved. So uh, there's one thing they can't do. They can't duplicate your signature or your fingerprints. So uh, that should help ensure that there is uh, safety involved in the election. So we talked about that yesterday, and then we had some comments about that. And of course, of course, we've been talking about President Trump and the Democratic uh, primary uh, election candidates that are out there on the presidential side. We did some AP fact-checking uh, yesterday as well. And the previous day, we had a field day fact-checking the President of the United States, which uh, uh, AP's only found uh, uh, 15,000 deceptive comments so they far. They didn't find any. Oh. For the president. No, he speaks the truth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And also the Fox News funnels that Joe keeps in his ears prevent him from actually hearing. What was that thing they used to say in all cowboy and Indian movies? White man speak with forked tongue. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, yeah, the president is having trouble. But we have uh, we do have a description for this that's turned out to be a little bit better. He's not actually lying. He just envisions how he thinks things really are, and then he describes them that way, whether they they really are not. For example, he wishes that coronavirus were uh, just like a common cold. And so uh, earlier this week, he pronounced that that was true, that it but, is just like a common cold. So however he wants but, it to be, that's the way he announces that it but is. But this morning, I almost had a stroke. I was watching part of Morning Joe on MSNBC, mm-hmm. and Joe and Mika were both talking to another reporter about how well they thought the president did yesterday afternoon, that he struck just the right tone. What? And in appointing the uh, appointing the, uh, the vice president to be in charge of it, he was taking somebody above the cabinet level and making them responsible for it. They actually said nice things about him. Meanwhile, CNN was doing all the usual <laughs> the bash usual Trump things. Well, so, apparently Mike Pence has experience dealing with uh, a, a rampant outbreak of AIDS in Indiana during the time when he was in a leadership role. Beyond that sentence, I'm afraid I don't know much about it, but he learned quite a bit about infectious diseases at the time and transference and prevention and treatment and so well, on. So it was, he has road. experience in that area. The president can't be panicky. On the other hand, he can't whitewash it. So no matter what he does, someone's going to find fault with it. If he says, you know, we do, really don't need to worry about this, 
this, you're probably going to be safe. Oh, he's whitewashing it. If he came out and said, you know, it's the end of the world, we're all going to die, people would be saying, oh, my gosh, he's panicked everybody, scared him half to death. So what's the right thing to say? I think what he did was proper, and even Morning Joe admitted that this morning. He surrounded himself with the medical people who have some knowledge of how this thing can be dealt with, and he appointed somebody to take charge of it. And he expressed optimism that either it wouldn't be as bad as we think or that if it is, we're prepared to deal with it. So what more would you have the guy do? And uh, did he take back his comment about it as being as... Well, a cold is a virus, so I mean, you know... So there is a similarity there? They're both viruses. As for the common cold, what is it, 0.01% of the population that gets a common cold dies, as long as they're very, very young or very, very old? Well, there's some debate, and I I don't know which, which is the truth. I've heard both, that the coronavirus is not as deadly as the regular influenza that's making the rounds, and then I've heard other people say it's more deadly. So I don't... Don't know which what's true. Well, and I heard the president yesterday use the two percent deadly figure. So uh, earlier uh, in the week, um, somebody from the CDC was on one of the TV stations and was saying that it was four percent, but the president said it's only two percent. And again, like you, I don't know which which is true, but in any event, two to four percent is not that well distant of a range anyway. When I chaired Pennsylvania's Emergency Communications Committee a few years back, there was this big worry about a pandemic of the bird flu. And we had all sorts of meetings about bird flu. Avian flu? Avian flu, yeah. Well, same thing. You know, we had all these meetings about it. You know, everybody's prepared. It's going to be terrible. You know, this thing is coming. Well, what happened to it? I mean, you prepare, you take it seriously, you take the threat seriously as we did, but in the end, you know, many times it doesn't turn out to be as bad as you thought it would be or as you had been led by experts to believe it is. So I don't think this is this is a no-win situation for everybody involved. If they say it's not going to be bad and it turns out to be horrible, then we want to string them up. If they say it's going to be horrible and it turns out to be nothing, like the weather forecasts for tons of snow that turn out to be a dusting, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to say, oh, these people don't know what they're talking about. Okay. So, I mean, how do you win here? What what would you say the proper thing to do was? Well, I think you uh, try to present information from people that you accept as experts. You know, I, I wouldn't take the opinion. I, th- I think the president did speak uh, truthfully yesterday. But I wouldn't take the opinion of somebody who's just an elected leader. And Mike Pence apparently has some experience and knowledge, of, of course, running, helping to run government, but in infectious diseases as well. So I wouldn't just take him because he's not necessarily an expert. But listen to what the CDC is, is saying. And listen to what Rush Limbaugh is saying. He has a lot to say about this. And it's been very helpful. Um, he's talking. Uh, am about I hearing you correctly? <laughs> well, Rush Limbaugh, no, yeah, been that's helpful. true. No, but on, in this particular case, he's talking about the fact that it would definitely be to the Democratic presidential candidate's advantage if this turns out to be a crisis, because it's already turned into an issue for the pre- or for Wall Street. You know, right. since uh, stocks are not doing as well. Well, we have a call coming in. Maybe it's on this topic. Okay, so uh, but Russia's saying that this is really being exacerbated by the mainstream media because they want. Want to help the uh, the uh, demo- the uh, Democratic candidates, and because they don't want uh, the uh, you know the economy to continue booming, well, so that they the rep- can get their candidate. One of the reporters yesterday asked the president if he thought the CDC was trying to sabotage him, which was an entirely inappropriate question. You know, to be honest, in with what you. way? 
what? Why would they be trying to sabotage him, or why would he even think that? I mean, everybody's presenting their opinion and or what they think to be true, including the president. Well, yeah, but I mean, the whole idea was the president's so paranoid. Anytime he gets bad news, he thinks somebody's out to sink him. That was the premise of the question. <laughs> Does he have control over that agency? The too? CDC. Well, yeah. it's a government agency, I guess, to the extent that the president controls the government, he has some okay. control over it. But I don't think that the experts there are going to keep their mouths shut if the president says something that just isn't true. I know he's the chief law enforcement officer in the U.S., but uh, chief infectious disease specialist, not sure, but uh, he's got lots of power. Stan, thank you so much for calling us today. You are on the mark. Good morning. Uh, one question. Why are the Democrats using the coronavirus possibility that it could be a problem is for political purposes? That's all I want to know. Why? Well, they weaponize everything. They might as well weaponize this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard evidently, uh, you know, after uh, Trump had his press conference last night, uh, I seen a clip of uh, Lizzie Warren being asked by Don Lemon. Evidently, she had some sort of town hall about, you know, list, listed off what Trump said he was going to do, you know, put people in charge, put some money to it, and, you know, and stop travel, all foreign travel from people not in the U.S., non-U.S. citizens, especially from uh, infected areas. And he asked her, is that enough? Well, of course the answer was no, <laughs> because because she, you know, the first thing she's going to do if she gets in office is redirect all the money from his racist wall to work on the virus. <laughs> now, I'm sorry. That wall is there for national security. You know, the whole southern border is wide open, except where they do have some wall. How many people do you think could possibly be infected that come through Central America into Mexico and cross the border illegally? We still have people crossing illegally, even though a lot of them are being held in Mexico. How many people would that wall stop if it was actually there? And the Democrats have been fighting that for years. Well, if this one case in California where they can't def, uh, can't determine if she had any risk factors at all, apparently she didn't travel anywhere, didn't come into contact with anybody who had virus. If it turns out that somebody came across the southern border carrying the virus, I think that's going to give us an entirely different view of this situation. Right, and and, and right away, you know, that's that's a racist wall. I had never seen a wall that was racist <laughs> towards anybody. You know, a, a, a wall is pretty inclusive on who it stops. Everyone. That's why they call it care a wall. What race, creed, religion, whatever you are. But you know, the other thing is, she accused Mike Pence of not know, you know, doing a bad job. Evidently, when he was governor, they had some sort of medical outbreak or something in Indiana, and she said that. He did a lousy job. I don't know what you're oh. talking about. Well, see, it's funny. I was listening to CBS uh, uh, does commentary during the overnight hours, and, and they congratulated him for having worked, I think it was AIDS. I'm sorry. I, I don't recall. But whatever the appropriate steps were at the time, uh, that they thought that, th that that actually was a feather in his cap. So who said he? So who said he did a bad job? Elizabeth Liz Warren. Warren. Oh, okay. Well, Liz okay. Warren. You know, she was at her town. The other thing, the other thing that I I understand what she's saying because it's true, which I hate to admit about her, but it is true. The <laughs> supply chain from from all the parts coming to China into this country, whether it be medicine, you know, medical equipment, auto equipment, electronics, all that's a lot of that stuff is made in China, and my understanding is. The ports are shut down. The factories are shut down. 
And, you know, so transportation from China into this country with all the parts is going to have an effect. You know, the, the shelves in Walmart could empty out. Who knows? You know, if that supply, because, you know, a lot of stuff in Walmart's made in China. Not everything now. They're getting better. But so she said, well, you know, she's got to direct and, and take care of the supply chain. Well, in my opinion, it's my opinion, the, the globalists over the past how many decades have been pushing manufacturers offshore because of their high regulations, high taxes, so people went to where it's cheaper to manufacture stuff to bring back to this country. Well, assuming, so now of course, all of a sudden she's worried about the supply chain? If, assuming, of course, you could find a manufacturer in the U.S. that We've had a num- number of local companies that we've talked to on the air that says, you know, they're ready to produce their widgets. It's a local group or a local woman that has a local idea, and, but it needs manufacture. And she says uh, U.S. factories won't touch it. So they have to go overseas because uh, there are uh, eager uh, companies there that are willing to build, you know, just about whatever you can conceive of if you're willing to pay them the fee and so on. And I understand that. But a lot of companies went offshore when the government started. Well, they've been doing it for years. You know, regulations get so onerous that, you know, know, the profit margin goes down and the taxes are so high. They said, I can make this cheaper overseas, bring it back here, and sell it and make a profit. Why wouldn't I do that? And that's what they're doing. But now that the taxes have gone down, a lot of companies are deciding maybe we need to bring this stuff back. And now with this, how many companies are going to bring their stuff back just so they have a secure supply chain? All right. You know, but she wants to blame that on Trump? Come on. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just don't see it. We haven't had any fatalities in the U.S. Uh, apparently, one factor is better health care in the U.S., so that is uh, helping oh, no. individuals. All these other third-world countries have much better health care than we do. <laughs> right. That's why. <laughs> are you all right? You must be mentally ill over there. They have a 4% there. death rate. <laughs> yeah, they send it to Canada. Yeah, the, tr- the beauty in the U.S. is if you catch coronavirus, they send you to Canada. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. That yeah, is a, that, to Canada. That's well, there, a false you know, statement, everybody. You may be interested in this, Stan, in case you didn't see it, but the Washington Post this morning ran a story of course, criticizing Mike Pence for his handling of the HIV breakout in Indiana in 2015, claiming that he didn't uh, do enough. He uh, he vetoed a needle exchange program, which uh, fueled it, apparently, and that he recommended (laughs) prayer as a solution. So, you know, uh, the story's about as as biased as it can get, but what do you expect from the Washington Post? So I understand the government is supposed to supply all the needles for the drug addicts to stick the needle in their arm to put drugs into their system so they can sit around and be high. You know, I do understand what the socialist uh, mantra is as far as legalizing drugs. You know, the marijuana, they want to legalize marijuana and whatever else, you know, to give them the needles. You know, if you have a population that's so high they have no clue what's going on, you know, the socialists can do whatever they want because... People, people have no idea what's going on. They're just sitting there in a fog. You know, that, is that is that their, part of their plan, too? Good mm. question. Good question. All right. Well, thank you so Thanks, much, Dan. sir. We appreciate the call. Right. Take Thanks care. for getting us started this morning. Stan was on the line. Uh, we will take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about the coronavirus and the uh, threat, if any, in the U.S., or I, I guess there is some threat in the president's addressing this. Some folks are saying the president is now doing a good job of this, and Mike Pence does a satisfactory job. And uh, some other folks are saying that uh, the president is not, still not doing enough and that Mike 
Mike Pence did a terrible job of uh, handling uh, what is a needle exchange and some other related topics in Indiana. So we'll take your view on this. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. That is 1-800-795-9565 on the mark sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. If an SUV is on your mind, Sunbury Motors Hyundai has the model for you. Save up to $2,835 on a Hyundai Kona starting at $22,585. Sunbury Motors has 17 2020 Tucsons with savings as high as $4,077. If you're looking for a midsize SUV, test drive a Hyundai Santa Fe with a $4,571 discount. The 2020 Santa Fe starts at 26552 Sunbury Motors Hyundai has four of the all-new Hyundai Palisades starting at $34,200. All Hyundais come with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. And just announced, every new Hyundai comes with a three-year regular maintenance plan. If you want to have a fun day in your next SUV, you have to drive a Hyundai. From Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners sends us a clipping. It says, when Mike Pence was governor of Indiana, he oversaw a AIDS disaster in Scott County, Indiana. He dragged his feet on implementing a recommended needle exchange program out of a religiously motivated belief that doing so would make him a party to intravenous drug use, even though studies show clean needle programs do not increase drug use. By the time he finally relented and let the program go forward, over 200 additional people had contracted HIV in a county of less than 24,000 people. So that's the story. But I guess other aspects of his response were appropriate. I mean, that's what CBS had reported overnight. I didn't see the whole package. Uh, let's see. we got uh, Chris on the line. Thank you so much for calling in. Sir, you're on the mark. As I was trying to say yesterday, when you have a president who defines truth by what's good for him, it's hard to trust him in an emergency, especially when he spends part of that emergency blaming everything on the Democrats. Like it was the Democrats who caused the stock market to crash because of their debate that happened two days after it happened, after the crash happened. I mean, and he, in doing a national crisis, that's what he talks about on the health crisis. That's what he's worried about is his stock market and his reputation from it. It's really kind of pathetic. Well, that's pretty important to him this year. He's got the... Yes, the, it's very uh, important to him. It was an election, which is what he cares about. Right. And so how can you trust anything he says when that's his standard of truth? Well, even your liberal darlings on Morning Joe this morning thought he did oh, a good job Joe, yesterday. Joe, Joe. liberal darlings. Yeah. Oh, you're so clever. Well, they Go are. And you love them, don't you? They're, 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 they're your people. I don't know. Who are you talking about? Joe Scarborough and Micah Brzezinski. No, I, I don't particularly love them. No. Okay. I like them more than Trump, I suppose, politically, <laughs> yes. There you go. Jeez. 
Okay, but you know, right, don't. Go ahead. What's your no, point? No, seriously, I, I think that this is a no-win situation. As I said to Mark at the start of the program, for everybody, if you do too much, people will say, "Oh, well, he overreacted. He's and you wasted money." And he no, wasted no, money. I, and if you I, do I too little, I don't think that's the case at all. No, I do. I think that's exactly uh, what would happen. Can you think back to this? I asked you yesterday about the swine flu virus, and President uh, President Ford got into all all sorts yes, of criticism. You wanted to interrupt me, so I couldn't finish my point then. Yesterday, <laughs> yes, I remember that clearly. <laughs> well, you missed my point then because I was saying that he got into all sorts that, of trouble your point for that. Was to interrupt me? No, my point was to clarify something you were saying that wasn't true. What? What did I say that wasn't true? That the president was just in- interested in his own well-being instead of the people being sick from coronavirus. You just said it again this morning. And your point is, how do you know he isn't? <laughs> he's interested because it affects his re-election. Because I'm saying interested. the same. I'm drawing the parallel between what you're saying about Trump and Gerald Ford. He got the same kind of criticism. And I think unjustified uh, for what he was trying to do to protect the American people from swine flu, which the experts said could be devastating. So I he, didn't criticize him for that. I didn't say you personally. I'm talking about what happened at the time, Chris. Pay attention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and the the thing with uh, the thing with Pence was he uh, in the height of the opioid crisis. He didn't want needle exchanges. He wanted prayer. That cost a lot of lives in India. Well, now that's that's unfair. It's not. He doesn't advocate prayer in exchange for a needle exchange. He didn't believe in the needle exchange. He thought that would make the government and himself part and parcel to intervening intravenous drug use. So that's a belief. No, 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 hold on. That's that's his belief, and he was a decider then. But uh, cooler heads prevailed, and he decided he relented and and he let the needle exchange program go. And throughout all this time, as I, I don't. I don't see prayer injected in any of these stories, but I'm sure he is advocating that you do pray for them. He's pretty pretty devout. Well, no one no one forced the drug users to use the needles multiple times. I mean, that was a decision they made for themselves. What do you think an addict's going to do if he doesn't have a simple solution? Come on, Joe. That's what get, saves Get lives. help and get are you treatment. Are interested in saving lives, or are you interested in preaching morality to people who no, are I'm interested in people. not helping them? I'm interested in people getting treatment. For their illnesses. You're interested in letting people die, apparently. No, I just said getting treatment. If getting no. treatment. Do you want to save their lives, or do you want to preach to them? You want to have them punished for using dirty needles. So you're saying the only solution is to give everybody all the needles they want. It was a solution that would have saved lives at the time, Joe. It didn't. Now, if you want to look where Pence might have done a good job. I haven't gone into the details, but apparently some people give him quite a bit of credit for the MRSA. Uh, outbreak. What, doing the right it, thing to stop that in Indiana? Yes, yes. Okay. And it, yes. They, they had some Indiana cases of that, and he worked on it. I think your phone's going off. he did off, a good right. job on that. <laughs> but with the needle exchange, he did a lousy job. Okay. That, but you have a president who's only who's, who's using the whole government. He uses the State Department, the Justice Department, to promote his own election. Not to, his goal isn't to help people. His goal is to help himself get elected. 
That's what he's turning the whole government to. And so no president so has ever used... untrustworthy. No president has ever used the advantages of incumbency to help himself get reelected. I'm surprised. I, there, I there, thought they all did. There is a difference between sometimes a president could be acting in the name of all the people and not in the name of, of uh, his... Election. So when Barack Obama was investigating oh, Trump, what, that was start for the good of saying what about? <laughs> hey, what hey, about? hey, they didn't let that be known. So yes, precisely, he did the right thing. No, he didn't. He was sleazy. Hey, how can it be a plot against the president when you don't make it public before the election? Come on. Because he was conducting an illegal investigation. It wasn't illegal. It was perfectly illegal. The Justice Department has even said that today. It was based on that fake dossier. It wasn't. There was no fake dossier. The Steele dossier. dossier. The Steele dossier and was fake. The, the, the review of it by the Justice Department under Barr said it was proper for them to investigate. But also and said that the thing was politically motivated. No, which it they was. Did not say that. It was politically motivated. No. Do you disagree they, with they that? They did not say that, Joe. Yes, they, they did. Said precisely the opposite of that. Read the report. You were wrong. Ding. wrong. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks fact for check it, Joe. We're fact you checking too. right now. We're looking it up right now. Thank you so much, Chris. Bye. Appreciate Bye. the call. Oh, we might as well continue with this. Oh, this we don't have time, do we? No, not for this <laughs> not one. For Somebody this one, sent no. us a 400-word email, so that won't that won't Blasting work. both of us. <laughs> Mostly you, though. No, you no, you get your fair share down here. Really? Yes, you do. Oh, I better fact-check this before <laughs> I let you read it, then. All right, well, we thank everybody for participating in the early part of the program. we got another hour of open phones uh, planned, so please uh, stick around. When the time comes, uh, please use the uh, telephone number, 1-800-795-9565. That is our toll-free line. You'll always be able to email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236. We do have two short texts. One says, Pence probably vetoed the needle exchange law because he didn't want his state turning into California, where there's used needles in the street beside the people whacked out of their minds after using those needles to fill their system with drugs. Why make drug use easier? Yeah, I don't think they want to make it easier. They want to make it safer. That's the same. Philadelphia has a needle exchange program that's, uh, or not needle exchange, but a safe site for drug injection. If you're, unfortunately, if you're going, if you're hooked and you're going to use opioids, uh, they're going to help you stay alive through this process, help prevent an overdose and give you a, a safe needle. It's a, it's a backward logic, but it's a lifesaver. So that's, their only interest is life-saving, so... I think that's what the folks in uh, Indiana were interested in. To be continued, you're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury WKOK News Time. It is and now 9 a.m. CBS News, then local headlines at WKOK. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is with us, natural-born conservative, good listener, grandfather, super leader of the CSVT Project, Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters, Hall of Fame member, formerly in charge of tsunami and earthquake response for global emergency responders. He gave that up, right? I was never in charge of tsunami response. It was the Pennsylvania Emergency Communications Committee. (laughs) Same thing. All right. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com or text us at uh, 70236. We would just love to hear from you. And uh, we do have two texts. We've got three emails and no calls. So call us now, 1-800-795-9565. Some brief news headlines. After seeing its highest overdose rates to date, Northumberland County is receiving funding to attack the opioid crisis. In a release, the Greater Susquehanna United Way says the county is receiving federal grant money through the Rural Responses to the Opioid Epidemic Demonstration Project. It's a two-year, $635,000 grant that involves a six-month planning period and 18 months of implementation. The primary focus, preventing and reducing overdose deaths associated with opioids. The focus also advances a shared understanding of the patterns and characteristics of problem drug use in a local community. The project aligns with the strategic plan laid out in 2018 by the Northumberland County Opioid Coalition. State health officials are preparing for the potential spread of coronavirus in Pennsylvania. Our correspondent Tori Gates is following that story. Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine says Pennsylvania is taking a proactive approach to coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. Dr. Levine noted the Wolf Administration has activated the Health Department's Emergency Operations Center for Enhanced and Coordinated Communications. We have been in incident command mode and we are prepared in Pennsylvania and I want to highlight our work with our community and municipal health department partners, uh, all hospitals and health systems, the hospital association, etc., EMS, uh, and then our close collaboration with other states um, as well as with the CDC. Currently, there are 57 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the United States, but none are in Pennsylvania. Tory Gates, News Radio 1070 WKOK. In other news, a nonprofit group in Philadelphia is detailing plans to open the nation's first medically supervised injection site next week to combat overdose deaths despite outrage from some neighbors. The Wednesday announcement by the former Pennsylvania Governor Ed Rendell and others comes after a federal judge rejected the U.S. Justice Department efforts to block it uh, the day before. The U.S. District Judge Gerald McHugh says the Safe House Group's plan for South Philadelphia doesn't violate any federal drug laws as the City struggles with the 1,100 annual overdose deaths per year. The U.S. Attorney William McSwain opposes what he calls the radical experiment and vows to appeal. White supremacists are deadlier than ever, and other far-right extremists killed at least 38 people in the U.S. in 2019. It's the sixth deadliest year for violence by all domestic extremists since 1970. The numbers are in a report issued by the Anti-Defamation League. It counted a total of 40 
142 domestic extremism-related slayings last year. The gunman who shot and killed 22 people in August of 2019 at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas, accounted for more than half of the victims. The suspect in that shooting rampage is accused of targeting Mexicans at the store and faces federal hate crime charges. Only the Oklahoma City bombing of Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols in 1995 and the Pulse nightclub shooting by Omar Mateen in 2016 were deadlier attacks by domestic extremists in the past 50 years. Are they included in the 120 million Joe Biden says were killed with gun violence? Just out of curiosity. (laughs) I think he misspoke. Oh, did it he? happens. Okay. Come All on. Right. You know that. And now you're toying with the numbers. All right. Finally, ABC News has suspended political correspondent David Wright, who was recorded in a barroom conversation by the conservative website Project Veritas. The website says undercover correspondence and hidden cameras ensnare journalists in embarrassing conversations. Wright was taped calling President Donald Trump a nightmare spouse that you can't win an argument with. He also used a common vulgarity to describe why he doesn't like Trump. Wright also called himself a socialist who supports national health care. ABC News said in a statement that actions that damage our reputation for fairness and impartiality are harmful to it and the people involved. ABC News says Wright will be reassigned uh, when he returns. Yes, he'll from be covering the Westminster Dog Show from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's good place for him. So it, it was a reporter with an extreme bias. If you, if you have that bias, can you set that aside in your reporting? I love how they try and try and turn it around, and that suddenly it's Project Veritas who's at fault. All they did is capture the guy saying what he really believed. Who said that? Uh, you read it in the story that they said they ensnared him or tried to entrap him. That was the story I read this morning. Uses undercover correspondence and hidden cameras to ensnare journalists right, in a conversation. All they did was give him an opportunity <laughs> to express his opinion, and he expressed it. No, I think he was ensnared. <laughs> so now he was ensnared. But, but fortunately, he was ensnared. I mean, we, I guess we want to know this, right? So we want objective coverage? Well, I, I think we know that th- these networks, the reporters, are all left-leaning in many instances. Now, some of them are fair despite that, you right, know, that's but others think, aren't. That's what I think you look for. But I, I, I think in uh, the U.S., what, what they end up in hot water for is because the appearance of a conflict is all it takes to create the conflict. You know, you and I uh, try to do, uh, I try to sort of walk the middle line on this show, but of course I am actually a Democrat and actual left-leaning, so uh, I, I don't Tom think... Tom disagrees. We haven't gotten to Tom's well, Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> another topic. We'll get to that in a second. But I'm just saying that uh, everybody brings a bias to everything that they do. And it isn't just what a reporter says. It's what the listener hears. You know, you hear everything in the world through your Fox funnels. I hear everything in the world through my liberal Democratic uh <laughs> Uh, you know, you except know, again, I repeat for the hundredth time, I spend a lot more time watching CNN than I right, do you Fox. You keep saying that. I, I, I got you. But, but that time you are on Fox, you <laughs> memorize everything they say and you repeat it back. So, so I'm sorry. It's just, I'm just a pirate, not mimicking the, the party line, right? Well, of course, no Democrats sh- ever do that. If the shoe fits. All right, which very smoothly leads us right us to, well, we'll to, start to with Tom's the one email. Well, we'll start with the one that refers to Chris's oh, okay. most recent phone call. It says, Wow, Chris, spying on an opposition political campaign is okay with you. So you would be okay if the Trump turns the full force of the government on the Democratic nominee to discover their Russian, Chinese, or Cuban ties. You know there are ties to those countries by every one of the Democratic candidates. Okay. Now here's Tom's letter. 
Yesterday's show was, as usual, biased. People do misspeak, especially at higher ages. Talking about Joe Biden. Yes, making this a big deal and overemphasizing it repeatedly showed Joe's true colors. Not that we hadn't figured this out long ago. I seem to recall a lot of but, 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 and whatabouts when discussing the lies on Trump's State of the Union address. Joe and Dan's claims of being just slightly right of center is compatible to stating that horseradish icing is good on all wedding cakes. I'm rather fond of it myself. I'm sure you are. (laughs) Don the con misspeaks at times like everyone else does. However, at the same time, he is also a pathological liar. As bad as Mike Bloomberg is, he's not a pathological liar. Not one of those candidates on stage come anywhere close to the pathological line of Donald J. Trump. Mark, you need to enhance parts of your anatomy. I doubt that's possible, though, as you are a dino, Democrat in name only. On Fridays, Ben runs the show, and his arrogance has you agreeing with everything he says. Sad. On the coronavirus, I feel a lot better that Trump put Mike Pence in charge, but then I'd feel better if Horshack from Welcome Back Cotter was put in charge. This is an incompetent administration that has fired about every experienced appointee in every part of government simply because Trump doesn't agree with them. Trump appears to be an expert on everything. Trump has set a record on firings and resignations. They have named acting people in many instances and in many others just left the positions open. They've cut budgets in order to give tax cuts to corporations and billionaires, and we are still going in debt to the tune of over $1 trillion a year. I'm feeling the burn, okay? You're turning the far-right spin machine. Turn it on. <laughs> All right, let's turn on the far-right spin machine. It's on. <laughs> spin, spin, spin. Appreciate the email, Tom. Yeah, I just listened to Ben on Friday. I really can't refute what he says. I do need to increase my brain power. I'm assuming that's what he's talking about. No, I, I, it was a little <laughs> know, lower than that. Okay. So, But I encourage people to call, but nobody calls or emails and checks anything Ben says other than Chris, which, fortunately, we're very glad he's there. But I, I think there are smart Democrats out there. They, they feel helpless against Ben, so they don't call in and write. So uh, what can I do? It's, it's a call and email show. It's not my job to refute the co-host all day. I'm just the moderate or the moderator of the show. Well, I don't call you moderate. I think you're a left-wing zealot. Well, everybody is from your <laughs> perspective. But see, that's the perspective we bring here. You know, everybody like you, I call you ultra-conservative. Right. No, I call you I know in literal liberal. terms that's really not true. So uh, you're ultra-ultra-literally conservative. You need to add that in there. So Well, I, you know, Don the con <laughs> misspeaks at times. He's a pastor pathological liar. Well, as bad true. as Mike Bloomberg is, he's a not a pathological liar. We know all this to be true. There's no news there. I don't consider the president a pathological liar. Look up the term pathological. The man Does he exaggerate from time to time? Does oh, he misstate something from 15, time to time? 15,000 times? Yeah, and Joe, Joe's saying 120 million people have been killed. Let's face it, everybody oh, makes mistakes. Oh, he misspoke. Mistakes. Come on now. Also, everybody makes mistakes. He misspoke. Joe. I see. The president's a pathological liar, but Joe Biden just misspoke. Okay, so I how, got many it now. Mis- how many pathological lies has Joe Biden spoken versus how many... I mean, President you really think the president well, just exaggerates? He's creepy, Joe Biden's creepy, sneaking up on little girls and smelling their hair. Okay, that's a little weird. That You'll doesn't make him that a liar. I, that doesn't make him a liar. Well, so what would you rather have, a creep or a liar? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Steve. I really need you badly. I should just have you in here with me. Steve is a good liberal. I'm a bad liberal. Steve's a good one. And Steve's going to be here Monday, incidentally. So, uh, Tom, you'll get some relief for five minutes. 
Good morning. Good morning. Go right ahead. Okay, I I, I really I really called to to take uh, Mr. McGranahan to task. Now, number one, that discussion about the reporter and first of all, the whole idea that you can't sit, you can't be in a bar, you can't be in a bar with your friends having a drink, and you can't just you know. Tell people what you think about things. I don't care what. I was a reporter. Uh, you fellows may have been reporters also. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. Your job is to simply report the news. You're not an editorialist. You're not an opinion maker. You're just reporting the news. So that's ridiculous that this guy, I don't care what his beliefs are, the, the idea that he can't um, do his job as a reporter is Ridiculous. But when he calls the president a dip, and I'll leave the second part of that up oh, to your imagination, that what that's what he called him. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't indicate yeah. any bias on his part. I mean, he's certainly reporting straight sure. and fair and honest. There's no doubt. Sure, he's got bias. We all have bias, as one of you guys said. But, you know, when your job is a reporter, you can do that job without that bias coming through. Because all you're reporting is these are the facts. This is what happened. Then why did ABC <laughs> suspend him? Well, because they shouldn't have. Well, they why did. Why did they? That was a mistake. I think they did they because they, in analyzing what he had reported, they realized he was biased. his bias was coming through. Otherwise, well, they wouldn't have no, suspended him. We're going to keep going around in a circle. They were wrong to do it. Yes, he's biased. Like, we're all biased. Number two, got to admit, I just love your comment, Joe, in the space of about six seconds. You covered every single base about five minutes ago. First, you said all I do. I believe if you listen to the uh, tape, you did say all uh, reporters are left leading some of the time. What the heck is this? All <laughs> some, and, and then you go back and you you uh, should qualify that. Should have said mainstream media. Oh, mainstream media. Yeah, but right. Fox. Uh, as, as opposed to Fox, which is never biased, which is actually just an arm of the Republican, excuse me, which is just an arm of the Donald Trump party. And CNN is an arm of the Joe Biden apologist party. <laughs> I don't know about that. Anyway, <laughs> now the other thing, and this is about, I think this occurred yesterday. I listened to, the, to the, you guys. And you said, let's see who the winners and losers were in the Democratic debate. And to do that, you referred to an article from Fox News, of which, all things, which we, yeah, we did attribute it to them. Who the winners and losers in the Democratic debate were? Well, what's wrong that's with that? Real. I mean, we, we identify like, that's that like, that's where it came from. So everybody has care. an opinion. That's their Take opinion. Our, we didn't say, okay, here is a factual, verifiable, empirical, yeah, pr- that, true statement. That. It's okay. So, but what we do is we throw up against the wall a bunch of, of opinions, and then you decide. Yeah. Well, so where, who did you disagree with? Who did, That's hey, what you do. Steve, who did you disagree with? On the wall. Because I'll tell you, going to Fox News for critique of the Democratic debate, that's like going to Macy's and asking them, what do you think of Gimbal's? <laughs> I know Joe Granahan is old enough to remember Gimbal's. Yeah, I do. All right, but Steve, who do you disagree with? Biggest winner, Bernie Sanders. Winner, Elizabeth Warren. Winner, Joe Biden. Biggest loser, Mike Bloomberg. Loser, Pete Buttigieg. Loser, Amy Klobuchar. Loser, Tom Steyer. Which ones do you disagree with? I'm not sure I disagree with any of them. 
Well, then you're 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 saying Fox News is bad, and then you're saying you don't disagree with what they said. Hey, once in a while they get things right. All I'm saying is you could have found a, a somewhat more objective source than Fox News. The well, the last might have been the same. The last time we took MSN or CNN's winners and losers list. Okay. So to be fair, this time we took Fox's. Well, I appreciate you guys being fair and balanced. That's what, that's what this country needs. Okay, that's all I've got to say. Well, we'll see you so Monday, and we'll continue this argument. You on Monday. <laughs> I'll be here. I'll be wearing my armor-plated suit, Steve. Not a, okay. Take it easy. You too, Thank buddy. You. Have a good weekend. And I'll be wearing. I'll be elsewhere. Joe will be here by himself on Monday. And one of our texters comments on what Steve just said. Wow, Steve. So a reporter, you've never let as a reporter, you never let your opinions creep into your reporting. ABC suspended the reporter because he let the secret out of the bag about the MSM bias. Yeah, he's in trouble because he <laughs> he accidentally told the truth at the bar. Another one says the ABC reporter was punished for questioning the involvement. In the news divisions by network's ownership, the mouse, a.k.a. Disney. Uh, Disney, right. That's, the end, that's, that's it. it. That's the end of it. Okay. Yeah, it. And then another one says, I don't think Biden lied about the gun deaths. I just think he's losing his mind. And that was just a number rattling around in his empty head. He also told the people at one of his events in South Carolina that they vote for him as he's running for the Senate. How long has Biden been running for president? Not to know the office he's running for. All right. one 800 the open phone. Please call us immediately. We would just love to hear from you the rather Moderate Mark Lawrence here is uh, here. I'm the program director at WKOK, and I get to host the show every day, and it's named after me for in some strange <laughs> fashion. And so we would just love to hear from you today. 1-800-795-9565. Tomorrow, Ben Reikley will be here, and he'll go uninterrupted for 90 minutes. But Gene Stilp is calling in the famed activist from Dauphin County. He's going to be on the line. Oh, what's he burning now? Uh, flags. Okay. And so he'll well, he's talk still about doing the same thing, right? right. He needs a new shtick. <laughs> he'll be talking about Monday's flag burning in our valley, so he'll be calling in tomorrow. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. That's 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. If an SUV is on your mind, Sunbury Motors Hyundai has the model for you. Save up to $2,835 on a Hyundai Kona starting at $22,585. Sunbury Motors has 17 2020 Tucsons with savings as high as $4,077. If you're looking for a midsize SUV, test drive a Hyundai Santa Fe with a $4,571 discount. The 2020 Santa Fe starts at 26552 Sunbury Motors Hyundai has four of the all-new Hyundai Palisades starting at $34,200. All Hyundais come with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. And just announced, every new Hyundai comes with a three-year regular maintenance plan. If you want to have a fun day in your next SUV, you have to drive a Hyundai. From Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury
Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're talking about an AP story. Well, I guess it's probably other places. ABC News suspended political correspondent David Wright, who was caught by Project Veritas. Uh, they go undercover to use hidden cameras and ensnare journalists uh, actually using their real feelings. And they, incidentally, they videotaped hundreds of journalists who said nothing embarrassing or weird or bad or ultra-right wing or left wing or any wing and uh, objective and sort of moderate remarks and uh, they never release those. <laughs> okay, they only uh, they don't release the well, tape. Well, they're not dispositive of anything. Why release them? Ooh, I like that. Dispositive. They only release it if it really zings you, which they did. Uh, in this case, uh, they say Donald, or I'm sorry, uh, Wright said Donald Trump is a nightmare spouse that you can't win an argument with. He also used a common vulgarity to describe how he does doesn't like Trump. He called himself a socialist who supports national health care. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Dan, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for calling in today. Go right ahead. You bet, Mark. You know, I hear you on with Ben Reichley, and it's not that it's not that you're unable to defend a liberal position. You're a smart guy, but here what Ben does, he lays out the facts of the administ- of the Trump administration, and you're honest enough, you can't deny the facts. Now, a lot of the lib- more liberal callers on here deny the facts of the success of the Trump administration. It eats their heart out that... Uh, a capitalist that they can't stand is making our country successful again. So I admire you, Mark, for how you do your job, but it's awful hard to refute facts when they're presented. Well, and the thing about Ben is, yes, you know, he sort of looks down on me a little bit, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, we can't get a wide range of liberal Democrats to come in here. They're all working. So, like, Jordy Comas came in the other week, so we're glad about that. Uh, Chip Facka said he'll come in in the weeks ahead. Tomar Gene Stilp is calling in. Liberals working? Gee, that's exciting news. <laughs> well, these are busy people. <laughs> I so, know they are. Um, so, they're, they're, you know, I bring in people when I can. But, you know, one of the things that Ben does is that he says, you know, my opinion is that President Trump is this, that, and the other thing. Well, what am I going to do to change Ben's opinion? You know, I can argue maybe some of his perspectives are different than mine, but that's you know, like... Well, you could say my opinion is that the president is a that word that the reporter used. <laughs> Alright, anyway, go ahead, Dan. I'm it's sorry. It's hard to defute the facts when they're there. And this is what I go by. I don't care what... what if the right wing's wrong, they're wrong. If the left is wrong, I go by the facts that Trump bringing back our economy. Trump is doing a lot of things, most things right, probably not everything, but that's what I go by, Mark, and I I know you can't refute the facts when you're on with Ben, and I have to say this, Joe, I love you, but I agree with Ben more than you. I, I can align almost every thing I believe in politics with Ben because he's an all right Trumper 
and he saw what Trump could do for our country. Uh, Dan, 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 the other day <laughs> you said you weren't far right. Now <laughs> well, you're saying you are. He's not. He's not. <laughs> I don't call it far right, but I know some people do. I just am a little more little right of center, and I believe that's where Trump okay. is. Well, I, I think you're, you know, I'm right of center, and I can't even see you. You're so far to my right. And I don't think I, I don't think you disagree. You mostly agree with yeah, everything I do. Trump's doing. I do. I, every, I agree with everything he's doing from a policy standpoint. The narcissism, the, the lie. I don't like the, I don't like the misstatements of truths. I don't like the way he treats people. <laughs> I don't like the name calling. <laughs> the misstatement. He accidentally misstated the truth. You have to have a sense of humor. We never had a president like Trump. We have to say he came in at a time when the right, the right of center was just this about disappeared off the scene, and Trump was able to bring it back in his method. And I don't, I don't know anyone else out there, not Ted Cruz, and certainly none of the rest of the candidates in 2016 could do what President Trump has done. And that's why we could see that Trump could do it. Thank you. Here's the bottom line, Dan. I think that everybody has a right to their opinion. And I, I try to accept the fact that people disagree with me. I hope I do it respectfully most of the time. Uh, sometimes somebody comes down on me pretty hard. I, I might shoot back, and Mark will do the same thing. But I think Mark is a little bit left of center, and I think I'm a little bit right of center, which I think makes us ideal to do this program together because either one of us can argue for a position that we believe in, but we're also willing to accept and listen to other people's points of view. One of our listeners sends a note says uh, via text to me, says, if you had to vote for one of the Democrats, is there one that you like yet? I guess we said this before, right? Is there one that you'd vote for now? Now, Tulsi's not campaigning, even though she hasn't dropped out. Um, Andrew Yang, who you sort of liked a little bit, he's out he's now. He's out, yeah. Well, uh, Tulsi Gabbard would still get my vote. Okay. Uh, Eric, you're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I've been hearing the word facts thrown around this morning. What are the facts? What are the facts? So I decided to take a look at them. Uh, first of all, uh, President, um, President <laughs> Don was quoted as saying uh, in, a, in a news conference yesterday that the recent downturn in the stock market was because of the Democrats. Um, that, that's fact. That's what he, he was quoted as saying. I heard him say it this morning on the news. So it must be true? Um, well, well, I heard him say it, so <laughs> well, either he, he, he's a pathological liar or he means it. Anyway, either way. So let's look at the facts. So let's, let's look at the Dow, uh, Dow Industrial Average. Uh, during uh, the current administration, the average went from 20,000 in January 2017, and it closed yesterday right around 27,000, uh, give or take. So we saw a 7,000% rise. And we would say, okay, this president's doing a heck of a job, right? Um, he has turned the economy around, so to speak. Um, but if we look at the facts, the facts under the previous administration, under the Obama administration, when he took office, which was just at, as the economy was correcting out of the recession of 2008, um, he, the Dow Industrial Average was around 9,000 when President Obama took office, and because he was in before President uh, Trump, uh, at 20,000 
so uh, an eleven thousand eleven thousand percent eleven thousand point rise. So my argument is that President Trump has not turned the economy around. He just hasn't done enough to date to screw it up. The continued upward climb of the <laughs> stock market until now. But now, as soon as it turns over, he's blaming it on the Democrats. So I'd uh, like to hear your guys' perspective on that. I think the Democrats would love the stock market to go down because it's going to make it easier for them to run against Trump in the fall. Don't you agree? But but you but President Trump saying it's the Democrats who causing it to fall. Well, I don't have my point. <laughs> I I don't buy that. that. I I know. I heard that, him that's say. That's what it. you guys to comment on. I heard him say it, but I don't buy it. But I think they will benefit from it. I think they will use that. I mean, let's face it; they will use it. They'll weaponize well, how do the it if Democrats they can. Manipulate the Wall Street. I don't okay, think so they. I don't think they you did. Don't buy it. You don't buy it. But this is the president of the United States. Well, well he's entitled to his opinion. It's you an don't opinion. Buy it. So it's okay for him to to put out that. That's okay for you, for the president to basically lie. It's an opinion. To the American people. That's okay. No, well, it's everything. An, it's an, an opinion. Po- it's yeah, an right, opinion. Mike, every, everything in a political job is your opinion. He's permitted to do so, and he uses uh, sort of bona fide, fact-based uh, encounters to do so. You know, yesterday was supposed to be doing a fact-based discussion that related to the CDC and the coronavirus, but he did announce that the Democrats are in charge of plummeting on Wall Street, which is is, you know, patently untrue. Anybody can see that. But that's his opinion, and it's his um, his briefing room, so he's allowed to say it. I, I don't agree with it, but this is, you know, Trump envisions things as he thinks they are, and then he announces what he sees as being actually true. You know, it's... it's, it's Nothing says you have to agree with him or that I have to agree with him, but he's entitled to say it. It's the very definition of a pathological liar. All right, thank oh, come you. Come on, so, it's not the very definition. I'm afraid it is. <laughs> thank you so much, Thanks, Eric. Really Eric. appreciate the call. Let's take a quickie break. we got three emails stacked up. Up at least, and then uh, we got a caller waiting. So, and let me get this important message in. Uh, if you need a Ford, please immediately go see Mickey and Salmo or Jeff Clark or Mike DeFeo at the Ford dealership on North 4th Street in Sunbury, owned by the Sunbury Motor Company. If you are looking for a Hyundai, uh, you can see Jason, Mickey, or Jeff. If you need a Lincoln, Jason is that's his speciality, and he's going to put uh, Joe and his great big SUV so that he can burn up lots of gas with the V8. But I'm adding a hybrid options. So even though Joe doesn't know it, when he's cruising at 95, uh, it will rely on the batteries and will save guests whether he knows it or not. Mike DeFeo at Ford, he's uh, getting my Ford Ranger specialties. And you can go over to the Kia dealership, Ernie in Austin. Uh, check out today's Daily Adam. they got a super review of the Telluride over there. And Ernie and Austin are hooking folks up with those. And I think I got one with all-wheel drive that's got Lawrence written all over it. And the new guy down there, Kyle, he's selling Lincolns, Kias, Hyundais, and Fords and would just love to uh, do business with you at the Sunbury Motor Company. So please check out those names, check out those nameplates, check out Sunbury Motors and sunburymotors.com and you'll be uh, one of their many, many, many happy customers. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. If an SUV is on your mind, Sunbury Motors Hyundai has the model for you. Save up to $2,835 on a Hyundai Kona starting at $22,585. Sunbury Motors has 17 2020 Tucsons with savings as high as $4,077. If you're looking for a midsize SUV, test drive a Hyundai Santa Fe with a $4,571 discount. The 2020 Santa Fe starts at 
26552. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has four of the all-new Hyundai Palisades, starting at $34,200. All Hyundais come with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty, and just announced, every new Hyundai comes with a three-year regular maintenance plan. If you want to have a fun day in your next SUV, you have to drive a Hyundai. From Sunbury Motors Hyundai, in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Mike has been waiting from Bloomsburg, PA. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Um, quick comment. I, um, you know, when Trump announced, I was willing to listen, and I did. I didn't really like much of what I heard. But then subsequently, when I heard him say it was okay to grab 50% of our population by the genitals, I was done with him on that. And then later on down the line, I saw a video of him standing with uh, the sex offender Epstein, uh, like leering at women, and it was like, I don't know. I don't understand why people don't see that, and most of what he's done has been by executive order. I, I, I don't think he's a good president, and uh, I certainly wouldn't vote for I didn't the first time, and I won't again, but... Um, but anyway, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. All okay. right. Thank you thanks. so much. Appreciate the call. We'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. The president says he's a bigger person than he was when he was uh, doing all that womanizing. He's a better person, a bigger person, and uh, um, his lovely bride, Melania, has helped him to be a, a wonderful human being. Well, I mean, you, you, everybody I've heard who deals with the man personally says he's very polite, very engaging, you know, but he does strike back. You know, I think there's a there's a Donald Trump that we see personally and a Donald Trump that we see politically. The political Donald Trump will take your head off with a a bad knife if you if you cross him. All right, let's see here. Uh, Start at the top, I guess. One of our emailers says you won't likely agree, but Ben Reichley is very condescending and thinks that he's an expert on every given subject. In my opinion, he talks down to callers, and many of these callers seem as well informed as he does on the subject they're calling about. My point: Ben and all your hosts are entitled to their own opinions. Let the facts speak for themselves. Talking or t- talking elections, I call before. Talking elections, I call before... Period. New paragraph, a whole other uh, topic. Talking okay. elections. Talking elections, okay, I got you. We didn't, didn't create the paragraph. I call before, and my thoughts today are the same. 70-year-plus is too old to run for the office of president. This from a 76-year-old. I'm sure you... I, I sure want me as the president. <laughs> and like Ben and Joe, I think I know everything. Okay. <laughs> oh, I know everything, too. Okay. Uh, all the underhanded spying on Trump is fine, but undercover reporting is invalid. Got it. Okay. Okay. And this one says, good morning. I send texts every day, and Mark doesn't read them on Friday, if it will hurt Ben's feelings. Wait, wait, wait. Stop here. If somebody texts and it's just a blatant insult of me or Joe or Ben, we don't read it. We do read texts that relate to our topic and that contribute to the conversation. Even if it says, Mark, you're full of it, Uh, the president never tells a lie, and he's a wonderful Republican, I will read that. But people call and say, you know, Mark, you're a dirty, rotten 
blankety blank. I don't read that on the air. It's not a bias. It's just it doesn't contribute to the argument. Well, I, I don't mind those readings, and God knows enough right, of them will like, come in right, here. And that's a good point. Enough yeah. of them will come in here about me, that, and I don't mind reading <laughs> <Right>. them. <laughs> well, like here's a text. Joe's a dirty, rotten, blankety blank. So there you have it. I read it. Are you happy now? Thank you. Okay. And the president is a dip <laughs> <laughs> excrement. Okay. Now, big baby Forrest Trump. That's a text, incidentally, okay. not Joe's opinion. We <laughs> right. should qualify. Well, we, we anyway, started this. We didn't the, finish. Back, All right. back to this. Bob topic. says, good morning. I send texts every day, and Mark doesn't read them on Friday if it will hurt Ben's feelings. Now, big baby Forrest Trump. Joe, when did Bernie get married? And his honeymoon must have been 50 years ago. Also, Trump put farmers on welfare, and he is trying to stop welfare. Really, he sounded like a fifth grader last night with his speech on the coronavirus. Well, Bernie, Bernie went to Moscow on his honeymoon. What difference does it matter where, when his honeymoon was? Fifty years ago, it was worse. We're in the middle of the Cold War, <laughs> if that's when it was. Is that where he went on his honeymoon? Yes, that's where he went on his honeymoon. That's reporting I heard said that's where he went on his honeymoon. Why? Well, I think he is enamored of socialist countries and communist countries. Mm. But, you know, it's okay for okay. him to be that way. But if the president gets along with Kim Jong-un, there's something terribly wrong with that. Well, there's a big difference. Oh, yeah. What, what is it? <laughs> well, the big difference is uh, the uh, – I don't know why Bernie Sanders <laughs> took his honeymoon in Moscow, but he obviously has an interest in uh, you know developing and learning more about other ways to run countries. But embracing people who kill their own citizens, if you agree with them, literally embracing them, that's, that's not right for anybody in the U.S. to do. And Fidel Castro certainly killed his own citizens, and Bernie's embracing him. Well, that's wrong, then. He shouldn't do that either. At least his educational achievements. Well, and Bernie He's got, you know, if Bernie gets the nomination, he's got a lot I of baggage. I say this, the Republicans are going to have him for lunch because, right, he's got tons and tons of baggage. And he, he has a lot of his positions, while they may be valid and could be great ways to run the, the country, I think half the country is going to look at them as just well, un-American. Here's the thing. The president's baggage is all out there. I mean, everything that can be drug up about this guy pretty right, much has been drug everything. up. Good but Bernie hasn't had the scrutiny. He's never been in that white hot light where he is the nominee of a major political party for president of the United States. I think we'll all be amazed at what comes out. Past speeches he's made, things he said. Little comments. Comments he's made, people yes. People recording cell phones from the back of a room. You know, and then look at look at Bloomberg. I mean, he is, I think there's probably, if he would get the nomination, I would suspect there'd be a ton more people coming forward, people who... Who would break their non-disclosure agreements? But you know, I don't know that that precludes you from office anymore. Look at President Trump. We knew, you know, we certainly knew warts and all what the president was all about by the time he got elected. But half the country, more than half the country, wanted him to be the president. So, you know, they say, okay, warts and all. You know, he's a misogynist and a racist, and he grabs women and he does all, the, and he makes fun of handicapped people. People said, I don't care. I want him to help run the central well, bank. I want him to help, uh, you know, guide Wall Street or do whatever else well, he. Well, I agree with you. Things, wall and all these other things, things change. And up to 1960, no Catholic had ever been elected president of the United States. No Jewish person has yet. Uh, and no up narcissist until, had ever been up elected until, Trump. Up until 1980, no divorced person had ever been elected president of the United States until Ronald Reagan was elected. You know, so our, our mores change, our feelings, our beliefs change. Things that we found unacceptable five or ten years ago or 20 years ago now are okay.
You know, we haven't had a gay person elected president. If Pete Buttigieg gets a nomination and wins the election, he'll be the first. We probably have had a gay person. They were just closeted. Well, actually, there is a great deal of speculation, and it may be true that James Buchanan was. He never married, and his niece served as his first lady. Okay. Okay. Um, one of the other ones text, says, text, 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 text. Maybe the thought the Dems were creating panic with their statements on the outbreak, thus affecting the markets. That's what I discussed with well, yeah, Mark we're, we're during the break. Mike. Right, yeah, off, off mic. Okay, so I say, let's just, for the sake of discussion, assume that uh, what the president says is true, that Democrats are uh, pulling Wall Street down. You speculated that it's because of f- fear-mongering. Right. That when, when you have somebody like uh, crying Chuck Schumer, as the president calls him, saying, well, that $1.5 billion isn't enough. He needs $8.5 billion. Uh, the president, I thought, had a great comeback for that. Usually they're telling me i got to take less money. Now they're telling me to take more. Well, yeah, good point. Well, and, you know, is the mainstream media helping the president by fomenting fear as it relates to That's coronavirus? not helping the president. That's hurting the president. Right. Her, oh, hurting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, good point. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I think we could have that discussion. You know, how worried should we be about the coronavirus? You know, what's the right amount of coverage? People are going to disagree about this. The answer is we don't know. Well, that's true. So, you know, or it's it's up to the beholder. You know, everybody gets to decide. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We're in we're in trillions of dollars in debt. The president thinks one point five billion dollars is enough money to get a handle on keeping the coronavirus from causing a real problem here in the United States. Chuck Schumer says eight point five billion is necessary. What do you what do you want to do? Do you want to err on the side of caution or do you want to err on the side of conservative financial response? <laughs> and save the deficit. Save, save your grandchildren some money. I, I think it's, you know, there's an argument to be made on each side of this issue. And that doesn't make the president right or wrong. It doesn't make Chuck Schumer right or wrong. It's opinions. And that's what we said. Everybody's entitled to their own. And the president has to decide which way he's going to go, which one he's going to adopt. And then he has to live with that, rise or fall on it. 1-800-795-9565. Call us immediately, if you would, please. Uh, we got one caller standing by, another one coming in. We've got a couple of emails waiting. Uh, give us a buzz now, 1-800-795-9565. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. If an SUV is on your mind, Sunbury Motors Hyundai has the model for you. Save up to $2,835 on a Hyundai Kona, starting at twenty. $2,585. Sunbury Motors has 17 2020 Tucsons with savings as high as $4,077. If you're looking for a midsize SUV, test drive a Hyundai Santa Fe with a $4,571 discount. The 2020 Santa Fe starts at $26,552. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has four of the all-new Hyundai Palisades starting at $34,200. All Hyundais come with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty, and just announced every new Hyundai. Hyundai comes with a three-year regular maintenance plan. If you want to have a fun day in your next SUV, you have to drive a Hyundai. From Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury Welcome back. On the Mark, 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Text us at 70236. On the line is Bob from Paxinus. Bob, you're on the mark. Yeah, good morning. I just want to remind everybody, we were in a better place about five years ago before Trump went into office. He's taken away everything that Obama did to make our country great. 
we as farmers are losing our land because of climate change and he doesn't even accept it as a problem and the coal manufacturers we got to get rid of this we got to save our planet our planet is dying what how how is climate change affecting local farms where our land is saturated with wet it's so wet you can't even grow any crops you can't have animals outside eating grass off the ground because it's all mud everything's washing away out in missouri farmers are losing their cows washing down the stream because of flooding it's time to wake up okay because it's time to stop what the president is doing he's destroying our country okay all right we got you thank you so much bob thanks for calling in well, that's not my only uh, oh, okay. reason I called. Go ahead. You have another moment. Go right ahead. Well, I thought it was a five-minute call. Uh, no, three. Uh, one more minute, and you got you used two. One left. Okay. Well, like I said, uh, I text every day, and if Ben's on, you don't take anything on that's going to hurt his feelings, which is wrong. And uh, well, not just general insults, but if you want to refute him, send a fact-based. No insult. I mean, I'm talking about the president. I'm talking about the topic of the day. Well, those we use. Yep, we definitely use those. This this so, is the I first mean, time you actually open phones, but as soon as somebody calls in and says, "Oh well, we're talking about this or that," then the program goes to that, and it's not open phones anymore. All right. Well, we'll try to. <laughs> that's true. We always do pick a topic on an open day. All right. Thank you so much, Bob. We Thanks try for to, calling but in. Mark always says you're free to discuss anything you want to call in about. You know, it sometimes we got a good discussion going. It does kind of rattle us when somebody calls in and goes completely off topic, but we let them. We're not going to switch to the price of eggs, although no. Lance knows what the price of eggs is. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. You're going to be our closer for the day. Okay, well, the deal is, though, uh, Trump got a... What deal? What is the deal? He's telling you. Okay. Let him tell Why (laughs) Trump got elected, my thing was Trump, okay, was because of what not, was not because of what he is, but because of what he is not. And he is not a baby-killing, gun-grabbing, criminal-coddling, military hater. And that's what the folks that voted for him saw the other side as. Right, so they didn't bother him. That you know He had some flaws in his character. That's not what they voted for him. They voted for him because of the, uh, the viewpoint, some of the viewpoints that uh, you just uh, talked about. Yeah, I, mean, I don't disagree uh, with that. I know a lot of people ignored a lot of information about President Trump in order to cast the ballot for him. Look at Dan. Hell, he's a, you know, a, a firm believing Christian, but he doesn't mind voting for Trump, even though Trump is about as unchristian as you can get. But he's for those things you described. And because of the fact that throughout our history, God has used the basest of men to uh, further the goodness of God. I mean, think about it. even uh, Pilate, you know, who killed Christ. If Christ hadn't died, you know, the whole world wouldn't have been saved. So you got to you have to look at it that way. You really do. And as uh, we talk about the fellow there about the climate deal, well, these are the <coughs> predictions in 2004 that were uh, in the Guardian. You know. Um, <laughs> 
European cities will be sunk beneath rising seas as Britain is plunged into a Siberian climate by 2020. Oh, you're back Nuclear on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> the ice you know age I mean? is coming. Now, right, you that, love that article. Please hold on to that. That's a keeper. February 21 of 2004. I remember that because gotcha. at work I got into a real bad argument with a couple of electricians where I work. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so they keep telling us this stuff. What are they telling us now? we got 11 years? I remember in uh, 1970 when I was into it up to my eyeballs, what we were looking for was not even being able to grow corn north of the Mason-Dixon line by the year 2000. It'd be too arid or too cold. So which, which can you it? see why people are doubtful? Skeptics, right? Gotcha. Thank you so much. We need Al Gore to set us straight. Appreciate that. <laughs> Tomorrow we do have Ben Reichley here. Uh, he will be talking on the show. And... Uh, uh, Gene Stilp is calling in, the flag burner guy who's done a hundred things in his life for the big pink pig and the Statue of Liberty and Duncan. Thank you, Joe. See you Monday. This is WDK, oh, okay, Sunbury. Tuesday, right?